0: Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of
1: cute animals. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And today we have a pretty fun topic. We're talking about animal islands and animal villages and kind of some more other places that you can see animals in Japan because there are a lot of them. Yeah. Interacting with animals in Japan. Mm-hmm. Outside of cafes though. I shouldn't say that because we did talk about animal cafes in a previous episode. Yep, that's been covered. Yep. So we're talking about places, more like places where you can actually interact with animals in a more natural environment. Yeah.
0: I think we talked about the deer in Nara before too. Mm -hmm. So we're skipping that today. Yep. But uh, we got some others. Yeah, a bunch of other ones. Jason dug pretty deep Found a couple pretty cool ones.
1: Yeah. And some of these, one or both of us, have been to. Yeah. can talk about that too. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting. In a lot of ways, Japan's relationships with animals are very different from those in the U.S. for whatever reason. Yeah. Every culture's got its own way of doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Just as one example, stray cats are really common in Japan. Like you'll see them all over the place. And it's not really considered a problem by most people, I think. Some people are kind of excited to just see a cat, you know, wandering around. You can go hang out with them and pet them. Yeah. Uh, Like you said, Paul, we mentioned the friendly deer in Nara, where you can feed them crackers and maybe even pet them or get harassed by them for food or whatever you might have in your hands. Yeah. I'd not recommend petting them, but you probably could. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, we're covering the many, many other places In Japan, where you can interact with animals in a much more intimate way than you normally would be able to in places like the U.S. Japan has a deep affection for cuteness. Mm -hmm. Kawaii,
0: as they say. Sure. So there are a lot of places where the cutest
1: of the animals will be gathered so you can go enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And maybe the biggest thing that makes these places pretty unusual to Americans like us Is that at all these places, these animals are completely unafraid of people, mostly because in Japan, people are encouraged to feed them. Where, like, most places where you can see animals in the U.S., there are signs up, like, do not feed the animals. Right, yeah. It's definitely considered not right to feed animals in America. Mm -hmm. But not so the case in Japan. Yeah, very different relationship there.
0: Yeah, and... Don't be fooled. The animals aren't domesticated. They're used to humans, and they're not really afraid of humans, but they're definitely not domesticated.
1: Yeah, still wild animals. All right, so let's kick it off. You want to start, Paul? We'll just trade off?
0: Uh, Sure. Let's start with perhaps the most famous place
1: we're going to talk about today. Tashirojima, Cat Island. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a small island off the coast of Ishinomaki, a small city near Sendai, and this island is just completely covered in cats.
0: Yeah, human population about 100, and uh, maybe around 600 cats.
1: Yeah, there used to be around 1,000 people living on the island, and they used to raise silkworms there. So the story behind these cats is that they brought in cats to deal with the rats that would eat the silkworms. And over time, the population decreased, as it has for quite a while now in more rural areas, and the cat population increased. So these days, it's just a tourist attraction where people can go hang out with cats. The locals kind of take care of the cats. I saw a lot of uh, people there leaving food out for them and even had like blankets laid down on their sidewalk and stuff for the cats to just hang out on. Yeah, And they even have these little cat-shaped guest houses on the island that you can stay in. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. A bunch of these cat-shaped buildings. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty awesome. I, I've definitely posted them on Instagram. So you should go check those out.
0: Yeah, the locals believe the cats to be good luck. That's kind of a theme in Japan. Like the beckoning cat statues in front of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Cats are tied into good luck and some legends. Yeah. Dogs are not allowed on the
1: island. No, that would be bad. Bad for the cats. And if you want to visit, you should note, like we said, there are very few people living there these days. And there are like no stores or hotels. They have the little guest houses that you can book, but there's really nothing you can like buy there. (laughs) I saw there was
0: one small grocery store, but it's not open every day. Yeah. And you're not going to know if it's going to be open or not.
1: Yeah, so be prepared if you're going to go there. If you want to feed the cats, you can go to a convenience store before you leave and pick up some cat food or something. That's what we did. So yeah, just be prepared.
0: We, as in you and uh, not me. me. (laughs) Yeah, me and my fiance. (laughs) Yeah, I have not been to Cat Island, but Jason has. And it is awesome. Yeah, what was was it like?
1: Did you just get off the boat and just cats? You get off the boat. And yeah, cats. Like (laughs) you walk to the shore from this little dock, and just immediately, oh, there's a cat. Oh, there's a cat. And if you brought food with you, or even if you actually just have like a plastic bag and you make some crinkling sounds, the cats will just come at you from everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing. I mean, I'll make sure to post pictures this week on Instagram too, showing like you'll just end up with this big crowd of cats in front of you and you can toss food at them and pet them and it's pretty great. Did you stay in one of the cat buildings or day-tripped it? No, we just did a day-trip there from Sendai. Okay. Yeah. Did you go to the shrine in the middle of the island? We did. Yes, there is a cat shrine. I think I saw that it was erected because some cats were uh, hit by a car. Is that it? I just
0: saw like... A cat was accidentally killed somehow. Yeah. So they made a shrine for it.
1: Yeah. That one's a bit of a walk away from kind of the main village on the island, but it's not a huge island. Like, it's worth exploring and just walking around the whole thing, and you'll find cats everywhere you go. There's also an old school there that's uh, being overtaken by nature because there aren't any kids there to go to school anymore. It's kind of an abandoned building, which I, I love that kind of stuff. Abandoned building?
0: On a small, nearly deserted island with cats wandering around everywhere.
1: Yeah. That sounds just like the coolest place to be. I know. Surreal, right? (laughs) Yeah. Cool. It's a very cool place. And if you're not going to be near Sendai or Ishinomaki, there are also several other islands in Japan similar to this, known as cat islands. The top three most famous ones are probably this one, Tashirojima. Also, Aoshima and Ainoshima. So, you can look for those if you want to check out some cats. Choices. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Multiple cat islets. Only in Japan. Yeah. All right. So,
1: what next, Jason? Another place not too far from there, also a good t- day trip from Sendai, is a place called Zao Kitsune Mura. Now, Kitsune, we've talked about them in other episodes, most notably the Fushimi Inari Shrine episode, because kitsune are foxes. Yes. And Mura is a village. So, Zao kitsune Mura is a fox village. You can go meet a bunch of foxes. It started as a fox sanctuary in 1990 and has since grown into a tourist attraction.
0: The fox village has been dubbed the cutest place on earth. Wow. It's a big claim. Yeah, it is. Uh, The main exhibit is an open area where foxes roam around. And visitors can enter and interact with them and feed them. Although it is highly recommended you do not try to pet or hand feed the foxes, as they do tend to
1: bite. They are wild animals. They have over 100 foxes of six different subspecies. So you're not only going to see the standard red foxes. I saw white foxes, gray foxes very pretty foxes. And when you first enter, there's kind of a petting zoo sort of area where they have some other animals. I remember there being a goat there. Okay. Yeah, rabbits. I read that there are many mini, miniature horses there. Yeah, I saw that too. I didn't see any when I was there, but okay. that's what they say. Guinea pigs. Okay. I don't remember seeing them either, I don't think. But I remember in that area, there was an employee holding a fox. So that fox, you can actually pet. I guess that one's tame enough or not aggressive enough.
0: Yeah, there's a few of them considered domesticated, I think.
1: Mm. So yeah, you can actually even hold on to that fox and get a picture with it. And then, like Paul mentioned, there's the big open area. It's a fenced-in area, but it's big. Like, it would take a while to walk around the whole thing. Yeah, so it's not the wild, but it feels like it's the wild. Mm -hmm. And in this open area... Like you can't feed the foxes directly out of your hand, but there's kind of a platform where you're supposed to feed them from. So you're kind of throwing food down to them. Yes, yeah, so I picture the platform and there were just like 30 foxes underneath it, yep. like waiting for some food. That's what it's like. And actually when uh, my fiance and I visited, there was a TV crew there filming and they gave us some food. We didn't even have to buy it. They gave it to us for free so they could film us throwing food to the animals. Oh, that's cool. So... I was probably on Japanese TV. I didn't get to see it, but... Nice, nice. Yeah. So foxes in Japan are
0: considered to be sly tricksters. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how they are in the West, too. Yeah. Clever. Um, But they're also believed to have mystical powers or be messengers from Inari Okami, the Shinto deity of fertility, prosperity, and rice.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So there's a shrine in this place, too, right? Is there? That's what I saw. I don't remember seeing Shrine with little fox statues.
1: Hmm. Maybe it was tucked in a corner somewhere. Maybe I remember a gift shop selling cute little plush foxes. Yeah, I heard sorts. they sell snacks there too.
0: Yeah, a lot of fox related stuff. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Get a cute little fox
1: something. Yeah, it's a fun place. So, you know, like I said, I've been to both of these places because I was staying in Sendai, which is kind of right between the Fox Village and the Cat Island. So Sendai is a great home base to do little day trips out to these places. Um, What we did was we did Cat Island one day and then the Fox Village the next day. And I have kind of a funny story actually about that. When we were leaving the Cat Island, we were getting back on the boat to go back to the mainland. We saw this guy get off the boat and we overheard him talking to the people running the boat. And we heard that he had gotten off at the wrong island earlier in the day. There are only a few times that a boat leaves each day. So you need to like make sure you're getting to the right island and getting on the right boat and that kind of thing. Yeah. So since he ended up on the wrong island, he got to the cat island much later in the day and he only had like an hour to look around before he had to go back. So we felt bad for him. But we went back and, you know, got back to our hotel at Sendai. And then the next day... We went to the Fox Village and at the Fox Village, this guy sees us and is like, hey, you guys were at Cat Island yesterday, right? I didn't recognize this guy because the day before he was wearing sunglasses, but it was the same guy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. At least he found the Fox Village, right? Yeah. Right. (laughs) But crazy that our itineraries were like exactly the same. And we actually decided to take a taxi back to the train station together because to get to the Fox Village, you have to take a taxi. There's no train station right nearby. And it's like a long taxi ride, right? Or for a taxi, at least. Yeah, decently long. So we took a taxi back together, shared the fare. Then we just decided to hang out the rest of the day. We went and got dinner together and like just explored Sendai and made a friend. Nice. It was a lot of fun. He was a cool guy. You didn't like run into him the next day, right? Well, we were leaving that night to go to Sapporo, so... You never know. <laughs> Seaman Sapporo. Oh, did you guys, know you were headed up Did you here. guys fly? No, we took an overnight train so to tra- Sapporo. He's, he's like sitting across from you in the aisle. <laughs> that would be funny, but he was actually a military guy. He was stationed in Okinawa. So okay, he was headed back down there before too long. Traveling on some leave. Yep. Cool. Yeah. It was a fun day. Funny coincidence. Yeah. All right, what's the next animal place we're talking about, Paul? Uh, Let's talk about Okunoshima, Rabbit Island. Okay, I like that place. I went there on my last trip. Hundreds of bunnies hopping all over the island. If not thousands. I mean, there are a lot of bunnies. So this island, it's not too far from Hiroshima. That's where I was staying when I went here for a day. And it's an awesome place, not just because of the bunnies, But it has a pretty interesting and dark history.
0: Yes. In World War II, the island was home to a poison gas factory, which broke a lot of rules of war,
1: but everyone was kind of doing that in World War II. Yeah. Especially Japan. It was top secret, too. They wiped this island off of all the maps so that nobody would know that it existed. That's crazy. Yeah. Secret island base. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can still see the remains of this chemical weapons facility all over the island. And there's even a little museum where you can learn about it. And it is horrific. The people that lived on this island were kind of asking the government to like do something to help out their economy. Things were not going great. So the government said, oh yeah, okay, we can build this factory here. But they didn't tell them what it was for. And... The safety measures that were set up at this facility were not great. A lot of people that worked there ended up getting really sick, and many of them died, I believe, and uh, it's just, it's bad. They have, like, pictures of the effects of this poison gas and stuff, and it is it's dark, and this is a sad topic and and not something that, uh, (laughs) you know, it kind of brings down the mood of this happy animal episode, but it strikes me as a really
0: odd place in that one moment you're like out in the sun with hundreds of cute bunnies, and the next moment you're in the poison gas museum reading about these horrific things that happen tied to this place, yeah, the uh, it's such a dichotomy like in the same place there totally it is a a weird place, and the bunnies are rumored to be tied to the poison gas factory. It seems to be debated and no one knows for sure, but yeah. they apparently used rabbits as test subjects at the poison gas factory.
1: They definitely did use rabbits for testing at the poison gas factory, but from what I could tell, it's just a rumor that the rabbits that are currently on the island are descendants of those test subjects. There's also another story that, like, school children brought rabbits to this island later on. Yeah, nobody knows exactly, but it seems like at some point they brought in all these rabbits just to kind of turn the place into a tourist attraction. Yeah, the
0: rabbits are protected from hunting, and there's no cats or dogs on the island. So other than the occasional hawk, it seemed like there weren't really any predators for the rabbits there. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a campground and a hotel.
1: Yeah, I went to the hotel because that's kind of the only place around to get lunch. Okay. I had lunch there. It was pretty good. There's also a little, there's some disc golf baskets out in front of the hotel. Really? Yep. That's awesome. You're into disc golf. And I don't know, you can kind of see that this place like used to be a really big tourist attraction, I guess, at some point, maybe in the 80s or something. Cause they're like these old tennis courts there. There's like a lot of stuff around the hotel, but a lot of it looks really like run down. Like at the tennis courts, there's grass growing up through the the court and stuff. And there's, you know, those big seats that like a ref, do they have, are they they called refs in tennis? (laughs) Umpires actually. Really? Yeah. Tennis umpires.
0: And judges. Okay.
1: Well they got these big chairs, but they're all like knocked over and rusty and they look like they haven't been touched in decades. Like it's wow. So I actually took some pictures trying to like get that juxtaposition, you know, of these weird kind of post-apocalyptic looking scenes with these cute bunnies running around in them. I don't know. It's kind of a surreal place, especially in the parts of the island where you can see the remains of the chemical weapons facility. So when the US came to the island and found this facility, they they burned everything down, basically. They brought in flamethrowers and just torched everything. But you can still see big concrete remains of this building, and there are black char marks all over the concrete from where the, the flamethrowers went by. And you can see like the place where these big, huge tanks of poison gas were kept, but now it's just the cradle for the tanks. That's all that's left. Wow. It's crazy. But of course, most people go for the bunnies because they are super adorable.
0: I saw so many pictures of just like people lying on the ground and like
1: bunnies laying on top of them and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. And when I was there, they had little baby bunnies too. Oh, baby bunnies are possibly the cutest creatures on earth. You know, their paws are so tiny. And they got those floppy little ears. Yeah. And these ones on this island are unafraid. You can get so close to them. It's insane. Do do want to point out, though, that like the Cat Island, this place doesn't sell rabbit food on the island. So if you want to feed them, if you want to get a picture of yourself covered in rabbits, go buy some vegetables on the mainland before you come to the island. Yeah, cabbage, carrots, that sort of thing. Rabbits will
0: love it. Yep, definitely. All the stuff they normally steal from your garden.
1: What do you got for us next, Jason. I thought we could talk about a place that we both went together. It's called Arashiyama Monkey Park. Ah, yes. Located in Kyoto. It's basically just this little open area on top of a mountain on the west side of Kyoto where they have all these wild monkeys. And they are wild. They're not even enclosed in anything. They're just coming out of the forest. But they come to this place because people, I mean, the workers there throw food out at certain times during the day. So the monkeys know where they can get food. And if you visit, they have a little shack sort of thing that's kind of fenced in that you can feed the monkeys from like you're supposed to only feed them from inside this shack so they don't try to bite your fingers or anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They will like reach in through the little wire fence and try to grab stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's my only time ever seeing monkeys in the wild. Like, living in North America, there's very few spaces here where there's actually monkeys living.
1: I don't think there are any in the U.S., right? Maybe in Mexico? I thought I saw, like, in Florida or something, there's really? some
0: area where monkeys live. But almost nowhere, almost nowhere in the U.S. are there monkeys Yeah, in the wild. So, it seems like uh, so wild to me, you know, that seems like... The nature I could never see at home.
1: Totally. Yeah. I'd never been nearly that close to monkeys. Monkeys are so interesting. mm mm-hmm. Because they're- So human-like. They look like us. Yeah. they yeah. move kind of like us. Mm-hmm. They got their little hands. They're so grabby with their little hands, <laughs> just like we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you can feed them from in that little building, but you can also just go out and walk around with them. You can get really close to them, but you know- Kind of got to be careful. They're still wild animals. You don't want to upset them.
0: Yeah, monkeys fight dirty, so don't like, mess with monkeys. <laughs> yeah, dirty, literally, sometimes. <laughs> you walk up a big hill to get there, so it's like a nice hike through this beautiful mountain on the edge of Kyoto.
1: Yeah, and at the top, where you're hanging out with the monkeys, there's a great view of the city, too. Like yeah. You're so high up, you can look out over the whole city. Yeah,
0: if you're in Kyoto and you just want to like spend a hour or two getting out of the city it's a great
1: place to go mm-hmm. i think they had those viewfinder things up there too right you put in some like uh, like 100 yen coin and you can look out through the binocular sort of thing
0: yeah i'm pretty sure i mean i was looking at the monkeys but yeah i'm pretty sure i saw those
1: mm-hmm. yeah great place to visit yep got another interesting place where you can see monkeys what's that It's called Jigokudani Monkey Park in Nagano Prefecture. If you've seen pictures of these snow monkeys bathing in hot springs in winter. Yes. Like everything's covered in snow, but they're just sitting in this steaming hot spring.
0: Yeah, they always look so comfy.
1: Yeah. This is where that is. I mean, it looks incredible, especially in winter. The park is open year-round, but go in the winter to see those monkeys just chilling in this hot bath. I saw sometimes you can even see baby monkeys that are supposed to be pretty cute. yeah, uh, you know? There's monkeys not in the bath too, I think. Yeah. It's like a hierarchy
0: thing. <laughs> you got to be kind of like a top monkey to be able to chill in the bath. Sure. But that's cool. How cute is that? Monkeys just <laughs> chilling in a hot bath in the winter. Their, yeah. their little face is all wet and their fur sticking to them.
1: Yeah. Sounds like a really cool place.
0: Yeah, and that's up... uh By Nagano, so that might be a cool place if you're into, like, skiing, snowboarding. Hit that up in the
1: winter and go take a detour and see the monkeys. Sure. I was trying to get there on my last trip. I feel like I've said that about a lot of things, though. I I tried to pack a lot into my last trip, but can't have time for everything. Yep. Well,
0: those are all the places I had, but I'm pretty sure you found... A few other uh, interesting animal places
1: in Japan. I got a bunch of places. Hit me. They might not be called villages. They might not be islands. But there are other similar places where you can hang out with animals. Okay. So on the theme of hot springs and animals hanging out in them, at Izushabuten Park in Ito City, Shizuoka Prefecture, they have a school of capybaras that bathe in the hot springs. <laughs> what? So capybaras are the largest rodents in the world. If you've never seen one, you should look up a picture. They're interesting looking animals. They're very big rodents. And you can pet them and you can feed them. And the park is also a botanical and zoological garden. So there are other habitats and animals that you can see there too. All right. Yeah, capybaras are like cuter
0: than rats, I'd say.
1: Definitely. You know. Somehow rodents... I don't know. There are a lot of tiny, cute rodents, I guess, but big rodents are pretty cute, too.
0: Yeah. You know, like hamsters are cute. Yeah. Mice can be cute. Yeah. Rats just give everything a bad rap. Rats get a bad rap, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, mice and rats. I feel like people don't like those smaller rodents, but looking at a capybara, like they're not small enough that they could run up your pants leg or something and freak you out. I feel like they're more lovable to most yeah. people.
0: I suppose it's because it's the infestation thing. Like, I don't want mice in my house. Yeah. Put a little mouse out in a field is kind of cute. Sure. I don't think of rats living anywhere but a city. Yeah. Like, where? where is a natural rat habitat? The sewer. <laughs> yeah. Like, they only live, like, on the outskirts of humanness. Mm-hmm. But capybars.
1: They live in the wild, so they're okay, because they're not trying to get in your house. Yep. Let's see. The next place I have is... There's a town in Tochigi Prefecture called Nasu. It's known for its beautiful mountains and hot springs. And it's also home to Japan's largest alpaca farm. Oh, okay. And yeah, okay. This is a farm. I guess it's not quite in the same category as these other places.
0: So alpaca isn't something I'd expect to see in Japan. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Are they like mountain animals? They are. They're from uh, South America originally. Yeah. And this farm is actually sometimes referred to as Nasu Picchu. <laughs> a nod to Machu Picchu.
0: Interesting. In
1: yeah. And they have over 400 alpaca that you can meet. You can pet them. Sounds like a fun time. And of course, they're famous for being super soft, right?
0: Yeah. We sell alpaca hair dryer balls at my work. Hmm. I think this is like... Somehow that helps your laundry. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I have some wool dryer balls. Okay. Supposed to, it's like natural fabric softener. I think is the idea. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So can you like pet them? Yeah.
1: And feed them? Yep. Okay. That, you, that's why I thought it kind of fit in with the other stuff. You can have an intimate experience with these animals. Almost sounds like you're kind of like doing the farmer's work for them. These guys <laughs> like have these guys have it down. Yeah. I don't want to feed the alpaca. How about you feed them and then pay me for the privilege? Yeah. Give them each a few few shovelfuls and then pet them, give them some love, uh, brush them nice and
0: clean, and they're good mm. for the day. Thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. This next place sounds amazing. On Cape Shiria in Aomori Prefecture, this is way up at the north end of Honshu, big main island. They have wild horses there. What? I never knew Japan had wild horses. Wild horses in Japan? Yeah. They're known as kanda chime, which means horses that stand in the cold. Okay. Referring to how cold northern Japan gets in the winter. Yeah. And they are protected as treasures of the prefecture, and they are said to symbolize the resilience of life. Okay. So, Aomori, that whole area, is known for beautiful views of nature, natural scenery, and there's a historic lighthouse that the horses can be seen grazing around. So just imagine like this beautiful plain with horses grazing and a lighthouse rising up behind them and then like the ocean stretching out behind that. just sounds amazing, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Go get your photos, people.
1: Yeah. And these horses aren't shy. Again, people feed them so they are not afraid of people. They'll come right up to you and they love carrots. So if you're visiting, bring some carrots.
0: Yeah, they probably came from escaped domesticated horses. I'm making that up, but that's how it happened in America.
1: Really? You're sure there were, like there haven't just always been some wild horses? Horses are actually from the
0: Americas, but they died out here like 100 million years ago or something. 100 and only, million? Yeah, a long, long time ago, and they only survived in Asia.
1: How did they get to Asia 100 million years ago? Oh, like over a land bridge?
0: Yeah. The continents probably weren't even in the same spot. Yeah. 100 million years ago. And uh, they came back with the uh, Europeans and escaped and started roaming freely. So hmm. you imagine like Native Americans riding horses on the prairie. They were only doing that for like 100 years before Europeans got that far west. Because the horses only got there.
1: When in, like, the Europeans brought
0: yeah. them. Yeah. So the horses traveled faster than the Europeans did. The horses arrived on the Great Plains before white people did, and Native Americans learned to ride them. Same thing with pigs. Pigs escaped the Spanish, too, and now they ravage Texas and a lot of the American South. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, beautiful horses and a beautiful cape with a lighthouse. Mm -hmm. That sounds like
1: a magical place, a magical valley. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else for us? Well, we can't end without talking about the squirrels, Paul.
0: Okay. There are
1: squirrels around here, but... Yeah. But you you can't usually get very close to them. They will run away. (laughs) Yeah, they will. In Japan, there are several squirrel gardens where you can hang out with squirrels, and they are not afraid of you. The most famous one is called Machida Risuen. It's kind of southwest a ways from central Tokyo. You got to take a train a a little ways out. And they have around 200 squirrels. Like I said, they're not afraid. So you can buy a bag of seeds at the front desk, go out, feed the squirrels. They'll eat right out of your hand. Wow. (laughs) But squirrels have very sharp little teeth. And claws. Yeah, that too. So from, from what I saw, like I looked up some pictures of this place and you get these big mitts, like oven mitt sort of things that cover up your hand and you put the food in there and then reach that out to the squirrels so they can... Climb around on your hand without hurting you.
0: Yeah. And yeah, eat food. Mm-hmm. Get a nice nice view of them.
1: Yep. Squirrels are kind of cute.
0: Yeah, they are. And bushy little tails.
1: Yeah. I saw reviews that said to make sure to wear thick pants and a jacket because the squirrels, they want that food. They'll climb you. They will jump on you from the fences, apparently. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. No fear. Yep. There are also guinea pigs there. Tortoises, rabbits, chipmunks, and prairie dogs. Oh, wow. You can also feed. And they have like encounter times, they call them, throughout the day. So you can ask at reception if you want to actually like play with them, I guess. Okay. Sounds fun, huh? Yeah. So that's all the animal places I have in my notes. But I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about The potential for controversy around these types of places. Yeah, there's definitely some controversy. Mm -hmm. Some of these
0: places are almost kind of like zoos, whereas some of them are just in the wild. So there's a wide range of what's going on here, and some of it might be more questionable than other parts of it,
1: Mm -hmm. I would think. Yeah. So there are animal rights activists in Japan that aren't really happy with some of these kinds of places. I saw a lot of criticism specifically of the fox village. Yeah.
0: Foxes are not social animals. They usually live separated from each other quite a ways. Only maybe one or two or three will ever like come into contact with each other. Mm. And they've got like a hundred of them. You know, the place looks kind of big, but... It's way smaller territory than a hundred foxes in the wild would ever be in. Right. So there seems to be a lot of fights with the foxes. You'll see sometimes foxes with injuries because they fight each other.
1: Yeah, it might not be the best place for them. That's a valid argument, I think.
0: And they keep some of the more aggressive foxes, like in really small cages, or keep them tied up, you know, to keep them from fighting.
1: I did see some foxes in small cages. The impression I got was that they were recovering from illnesses or injuries. I, I mean, it could have been injuries from fighting each other. Who knows? Yeah. I didn't really ask, but. And I wouldn't
0: say they don't need to be in cages. Maybe they do sometimes, but the pictures of like the cages I small saw looked awful. Like they, yeah. could, they could find better places to like lock lock the foxes
1: up. Yeah.
0: The rabbits I heard fight a lot too, like the male rabbits fight each other. I don't know if there's really anything you can do about that.
1: Yeah. You You know? know, with, with this kind of stuff, when we're talking about places where the animals are free to roam, like the cat Island and the rabbit Island, I mean, house cats aren't really the same as wild cats, but it makes me wonder like, how different is this situation from the kinds of things that happen to animals living in the wild, you know? Right. A lot of
0: them are going to die one way or another. Right. Like if there's no natural predators, which there aren't on some of those islands, they're just going to breed and breed and breed until there's too many of them and they're competing for resources or they're competing against each other for whatever. Mm-hmm. And then some of them will die. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in the wild, they is. would be eaten and that's would control the population or the population is always controlled. Right. From some factor. Right. They're not humans who can decide, like, no, I'd rather not have children. They're just going to they're just gonna do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, populations of wild animals, you know, expand and shrink all the time, depending on all sorts of things. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe it's just a thing, you know? Yeah. It's, you can't really make a judgment. Yeah. I mean, so depending th- on how much intervention people have and what's going on, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. The only place I've been to here was the... Arashiyama Monkey Park. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to judge, but I don't know if I'd want to go to the Fox place. Seems like there's a little bit too sketchy maybe for me. The fact that they're, it seems like less of a Fox rescue place now and more of a tourist attraction,
1: Yeah, which is
0: true. makes me maybe not want to go there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not sure about the squirrel place. I can go watch wild horses. Why not? That doesn't seem bad.
1: Yeah. Well, so the wild horses and the wild monkeys at the Arashiyama Monkey Park, that brings up the question of, is it a good thing to feed wild animals, you know? Because in the U.S., like I said, most places where they have wild animals, there will be signs telling you not to feed them. And the reasoning I've always seen behind that is that, you know, they can become dependent on food from humans, and then they can't survive in the wild anymore. And that makes sense, I think, but... If people are feeding the animals over the course of hundreds of years and that supply of food doesn't really ever end, yeah, if you what just harm keep, are you doing?
0: You just keep feeding them. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like the deer in Nara, for example, they've been fed for hundreds of years. Yeah. Is that a bad thing? Is it bad for the deer? I don't, I don't okay. know. I don't they really see a seem to be
0: doing effect. pretty well. Yeah. You know, there's probably more of them around than there otherwise would be. hmm Yeah. So it's hard to say.
1: Yeah. We're just talking. I don't have an answer or a stance. I, I can't really hold a solid position. Maybe I'm not educated enough about the issue, but right.
0: The only other thing I've heard is, you know, oh, they won't they'll lose their fear of humans. Well, if no humans are hunting them or whatever, doesn't matter as much. Yeah. The deer might hassle you a little more, or the monkeys might hassle you more than they otherwise would, but you know you're going up the mountain to see monkeys. Mm-hmm. So they might grab your bag and try to steal it to see if there's food in it because they're not afraid of you, but that's not a bad thing, I
1: guess. Yeah. There's a trade-off there, you know? Yep. Do you not want to interact with these animals at all or do you want to accept the risks?
0: Yeah. Kind of up to you. It's a little symbiotic, maybe. Mm-hmm. The monkeys and do become dependent on the food, probably, but they're still choosing to come out of the forest and take your food. Mm-hmm. So
1: we both get something out of it. Yeah. Moral ambiguity. Yep. If you have a strong opinion about it either way, feel free to write in. And I'm not like, I'm not baiting you or anything. I'd be curious to see what people have to say about it.
0: Yeah, me too. Yeah. And if you've been to any of the places, what was the feel you got? Like, did the animals seem like happy and well taken care of or not?
1: Yeah. I don't really have anything else on this episode. What be you, Jason? Um, Well, I just wanted to mention, if you want to visit any of these places, I mean, they're spread out all over Japan, so you'll kind of have to do your research depending on which one you want to visit. But I want to point out that a lot of them are a little bit out of the way. Some of them you might not be able to get there just by using a train. Like I said, we had to take the taxi to the Fox Village to get to the Cat Island. I think we took a train to the city, but then we had to walk from there down to the port to get on the boat, to go out to the island.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. All the directions I was seeing were either like taxi, walking, car ride, ferry. Mm -hmm. There's some sort of thing involved other than just trains and buses.
1: Yeah, but don't be intimidated. It's, It's worth it. And if you do a little bit of research, it's not too hard to find somebody that's been there and they can tell you exactly how they got there. Yeah. Don't be intimidated, I guess, is my point. Yep. So well, that's all I got. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you if you have anything to say about these places, we'd love to hear from you. You can send an email to feedback at com. If you want to see pictures of some of these places, I can post pictures. I'll post pictures all week of the places that I have been to personally. All right. You can find those at SJP Podcast, or Instagram. Um, what are we talking about next time, Paul? The next episode
0: is about Japanese toilets. And trust me, if you don't know anything about Japanese toilets, do yourself a favor and listen to the episode.
1: It's going to blow
0: your mind. Yeah, you're going to be happy you listened.
1: And then you're going to go buy a Japanese toilet immediately. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening. See you next time.